You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. Well, so much for that uh, entrepreneurial spirit that we showed there. Well, whoopsie daisy. Good thing I actually did go home and design a logo and you sure secure did. a website. We have the website, we have the logo. I looked into where to buy the product, like the supplies. I already had like kind of a line on that. We were actually going to follow through with we one, really were with we one had idea. Follow through. We had follow through with one of the many ideas we've come up on this show. We were actually following through with it, and then there's the news today. Anytime Aaron Brockovich gets involved, you know it's bad. Hello, everyone. <laughs> you know it's going to be bad. This is Fun Employment Radio. I am Greg Nibbler here with Sarah X. Dillon. Thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. It is so fantastic that you do so. Of course, we are live here five days a week on the Fun Employment Radio Network, then available via podcast all over the internet, wherever podcasts can be found. And thank you for finding us. Uh, we do really appreciate it. I want to remind everybody, of course, to go to funemploymentradio.com and click on the Amazon link if you're buying anything from Amazon, whatever it is, whether it's for your own uh, personal and Enjoyment, or whether it's for work property, just go to funemploymentradio.com, click on that Amazon link, and then purchase away to your heart's content. Oh my goodness, just purchase, purchase, purchase. It helps us out. It you helps us out. We might have had something that you would have maybe been able to purchase, but now nobody's going to ever want to purchase it ever. Well, we'll explain that. We were going to have a product on there ourselves, was possibly expanding, but it's not going to happen anymore. So, all right, bef- before we go too far, yes, uh, click on the Amazon link, funemploymentradio.com. All right, should we just say this? Should we announce what what we're not announcing? Well, yeah. Our new venture. I think so we should. about, uh, I don't know, what was it, two weeks ago? We were talking about it on the show. I think it came up in World of Crazy in your segment where there was this couple in England or Scotland or somewhere that were bottling air and then selling it to, to China for like a whole lot of money. Yeah, for like $200 a, for like a mason jar full of, of fresh air. Yeah, and then basically. there's a, I think there's a guy in Canada that's doing it too. Yeah, there are a few different places. I mean, it seems like every story that I've had about someone bottling air and sending it somewhere has been, uh, has found like a immediate success. Yeah, because people want to buy this stuff up, especially. And they'll pay ridiculous prices for it. Yeah, especially over in China. Like, I guess they're, they're buying it up because their air is so terrible. And so. We were sitting here talking, you know, talking about it on the show as we do. We're kind of making up our own business. And after the show, Sarah and I actually both sat down and we're like, you know what? We should sell Portland Air. We might as we well just sell, sell some, Portland Air. Some air from Oregon. I mean, why not? It just makes sense. Like it's one of the cleanest cities in the country. Everybody knows Portland now. Well, I mean, it's, it's certainly become a lot more popular. Um, I think it would kind of work, and it seems like a very Portland thing to do, and yet we could make some cash on it by just selling empty mason jars to people. It seemed like a pretty genius idea. Yeah, and we we even like researched mason jar companies. Yeah, no, I researched went home. label companies. I purchased a website. I'm going to tell you what the name of the company is, too. Uh, but we purchased a website. We researched that, went through a few different names, found one that worked, found a, a URL for it. I, I even created a logo. Like, it was in the working stages, but it was a fairly good logo, I think. It was a pretty decent logo. Yeah, it would have worked on, uh, on a jar. I liked it. If I would have saw that, I would have, like, if I was going to purchase jarred air, I yeah. would totally trust that logo. Right. To be what I put into my body. Yeah, yes. absolutely. I would I would sniff the hell out of that mason jar mm-hmm. because that just looks enticing. So, we did this. The company name is Breathe Oregon. 
Breathe. Breathe, Oregon. You can Oregon. see it in big lights. You know, you got to put your hands up like you're looking at a marquee. We're both doing it. We're both having the marquee. Breathe, Oregon. Breathe, Oregon. Breathe, Oregon. See how uh, serene and natural right. and peaceful all the air in Oregon yeah. is. Yeah. A f- a f- we didn't come up with a slogan yet. Come bask in our greenery. Yeah, right. I don't know. It was like, it was supposed to be the most Breathe, amazing idea ever. Oregon. You know, and then we could sell it to uh, to China. And then they would have bought it all up. And we would have these Breathe Oregon things where we could have gotten, you know, I mean, I guess in some aspects we could still do it. But really, I think the timing is pretty terrible. So that was a it couple of weeks ago. It's the worst timing that we could have ever come up with this. And over the last... Maybe and by come up with it, I mean steal somebody else's idea and try and make it our own. Oh, it's bottling air. I know. I'm not going to worry too much about stealing anybody's idea. <laughs> uh, it's... No. I mean, if you can find a sucker to buy it, good for you. And that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to find lots of suckers. And then we, this was, I don't know, maybe this was like three weeks ago, because it was about a week after that, where we started seeing all these reports come out, especially if you live in Portland. And they've slowly been coming out, these reports, about apparently how toxic our air is. Portland Portland has some of the worst air quality in the entire country. We did not know that. I mean, you know, all you hear about, and and I guess, you know, I I, uh, soaked it up too. You know, it's just about how green we are. We have all these bicycle paths, and it's a lot of people patting themselves on the back because we have great parks, and we are, we're near a lot of wonderful nature. There's a lot of great things. Turns out, the air is really bad. It's really toxic here. It and is we did toxic not know that. air. We did not know that. So this was, <laughs> we were going to bottle and sell. Worst timing ever to start an air business. Uh, it's, it says that um, the National Air Toxic Toxic Assessment, National Air Toxics Assessment, shows that Portland's air shed is bursting with a toxic stew consisting of Ew, dozens... I want to know that I'm breathing a toxic stew. Consist- I was going to go for a run today. I don't want to run in a toxic stew. Consisting of dozens of heavy metals and chemical compounds, including 49 that are carcinogenic. The assessment was based on raw data collected in 2011 and took several years for the EPA to analyze and compile. Um... So that's uh, it's it's being noted in the chat uh, by I see David's here and he says it's probably because we actually check the air, saying that it's probably bad all over the place. Still not good for a an air bottling Portland company. Air. <laughs> Breathe Oregon, breathe Oregon. Oh man, yeah. it has a flow to it too, Greg. Yeah, we were like mapping out places that we were going to go and bottle our air. And we weren't going to lie about it either. We were actually going to go to the place. No, I was going to go up on Mount Tabor and like bottle air. That is uh, right in the red zone when you look at the map that is showing this. And now, right before we went on air, I saw this. Apparently, Erin Brockovich is coming to town. Yeah, you just randomly brought that up. What is she doing here? She's coming here to speak about uh, how terrible the air is in Portland, like she did for the town full of cancer people. Oh, my God. Are we the new town of cancer people? I don't know. We might be the new oh Flint. Oh, my God. Is she standing? We have to. It's it's gotten so bad that Aaron Brockovich is coming here and standing Aaron, up for our rights. Aaron Brockovich is coming here to address the I toxic air think about that. in Portland. Oh, my God. We're those people now. Which, I mean, you know, I feel bad for all of those people, but nobody wants to be those people. Nobody wants to be the next Flint. And have to do, no. you know, you know, I feel terrible for what's happening in Flint. I don't want it happening to me. No. Uh, nobody does. But yes, famous. Here's, here's the article that just came out from KGW. Um, famous environmental activist Aaron Brockovich is coming to Portland to talk about the city's toxic air concerns. Uh, so she is, yeah, coming to give a big speech about it. 
because her son and grandson live in Portland. Okay. And and that's uh, all right. So if they live in Portland, then maybe she's just coming for a family visit. Nope, she's coming to speak. No, publicly. she's coming to a family visit. Coming to speak publicly. So it's it all comes down to, and there is actual. I mean, this is this is an actual serious story. Um, it comes down to a couple of different manufacturing companies are were apparently really bad uh, with what. And they one were of them's doing. in Southeast, right near where. Yeah. Right near where you live, actually, pretty close to where you. It's live. It's not too far away from where oh. I live. I looked at the map, and yeah, I'm I'm getting a little bit of it. Getting a little bit of it. I'm, I'm a little bit on the outskirts, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's what's going on. So breathe, Oregon. We might have to put that on the table. For I think we might have to table that one for a little just bit. for a little bit. It's still a great name. I still like the logo. I mean, it was a working logo, but I think it was on its way. Uh, but uh, so that's 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 what's that's what's happening. So Man. I know we follow like through one, on one idea. How many crazy things do we like talk about on the show? We're like, oh, we're totally going to do them. that. So many things, and we never have follow through unless you know it's like something for the show or for you know, like an event or something we're planning. But I mean, like for our like get rich quick scheme. Yeah, we were going to start. This was one we were we committed to. Yeah, because it took the least amount of work, and so that's why I really wanted to do it. I mean, we've talked about like starting up like an an ASMR site. Like we've had a lot of get rich quick get rich quick schemes mm-hmm. on here before with no follow through. Um, no, very little follow through. Very little, if any. And Hardly any. In this one, we went as far as designing a logo and securing a website. Oh, my God. Our dreams have been smashed. What are we going to do now? Our dreams have suffocated in this terrible air that we're breathing. What are other... Do you re- recall any other ideas that we had that were just as good as this one that might not have to do with bottling toxic air? I usually come up with a lot of ideas, and then they then I forget them by I the end of the show. I forget them, too. Yeah. But, I mean... Honestly, isn't our air, even though our air quality is kind of shitty, isn't it better than over there? Well, yeah. I mean, it's still a step up. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's going to be better than what they've got. I mean, in a way, yeah, that's true. It's better than, like, Shanghai Air. Mm-hmm. So, technically... That's what we should call the company, better than Shanghai Air. <laughs> <laughs> Not much, but better than Shanghai Air. Um... Okay, yeah, maybe we could. We'd be terrible people. Yeah, I don't know if I could sleep at night. Well, I mean, the press would be terrible here. They, they We would be skewered Yeah, domestically. But if we sell enough stuff to the Chinese... Well, I mean, we shouldn't have said what the name of the company was then. We should have, like... Why? Hit our, I don't know. We should oh, have been we should anonymous. have hit our identities? Yeah, because this is kind of a shameful get-rich-quick scheme. I don't feel that. Well, I feel ashamed now that how bad the air is. Well, being that's why we're not going to do it anymore since the air is bad. Let's be honest. We feel bad that we're getting caught. I know. That's kind of what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. And we haven't done anything yet, so please uh, stop the uh, campaign that somebody wants to launch against us. But <sighs> we're not going to do anything until the quality of air can uh, is going to be properly represented for Breathe Oregon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, David saying just take a drive to Mount Hood and you go. You're totally good. It's still good work. Still could, could work. As long as we get out of Portland proper. Yeah. And it isn't called And breathe. then we can sell it to Portland people. Oh, my God. Do you want to smell what it's like on Mount Hood? You can't get out for the day, but you want to smell some of that crisp Mount Hood fresh air? Ooh. We could chill it. Like, we could go up to Mount Hood. Chilled air? Chilled air. Or we can get some snow. We can scoop some snow. Oh, I guess we can't do no, snow. No, we can't do snow. That's illegal. Um, yeah, but get, like, the chilled air and then put them in a cooler. And so that way when someone gets their first breath... Of Mount Hood air, it's still going to be nice and cooled. We're back in business. Yeah, I'll get the order in. Yes. Breathe Oregon, because you can't breathe Portland or something like that. Yeah. Then we can put like commercials out where it's just like threatening, you know, people in Portland about how terrible it is. 
Breathe Oregon. Well, we give our, our listeners and longtime supporters free air, clearly. We would? Yeah, we're going to give them free this is air. It's a business. Jars cost money. Driving to the mountain costs money. This is not that. This is a terrible business. I don't know if I want to be a business partner with you when you're already like, you already oh, we'll have just give been it away. for six years. Yeah, I know. I know. No, oh, just give it away. Just give it away. I mean, I like to eat, I like to pay bills. We're not giving away our product everywhere. But how are you going to compare that to like eating? I like to eat, but I don't want to share my food. No, that's not sharing food. This is a business. Business. Ooh. We're supposed to make money off of this. All right. Well, if how about if people give us a jar? All right. If jar. they subscribe to Fun Employment Radio, we'll be able to get one jar free. I don't know. I don't know what their costs involved are. I mean, I think our jars, I think this is premium air. And plus, we, we have go to, to Mount Hood. go with the humiliation of... Going up to Mount Hood and running around with jars trying to catch air. No, you open it up and you close it. There's no, you the have air. To, there's a technique to it. Sure. We'll, we'll put that in the marketing campaign. But here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go up and I'm going to open the jar and then I'm going to close it. In the marketing video, it's going to be a very glorious thing. Mm-hmm. We do have to get like very hippie-like about it. Because we have to pretend like we're doing it for a good reason. Well, we are doing it for a good reason. Yes, it's so that people can breathe fine quality Oregon Air and share in what, Oregon Air. what we get to enjoy every exactly. day. Exactly. We want to share a piece of what we get to do. Yeah. What we get to experience. And it's for $15. Mm-hmm. $15, you think? Or should we go more? Because they're selling it way more over... They're selling it like for $200. Well, why don't we undercut them? Why don't we do 100 100 bucks. Yeah. You want English Air? You want Canadian Air? You want some Mount Hood fresh Oregon Air? What? They're going to charge you 200 bucks. 100 bucks. And our jars are even going to be bigger. Okay, we'll get bigger jars. We're b- bigger jars. With a better label. With a better label. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do it. Breathe Oregon. Our jars are bigger. Yeah. Okay, that's good. That's good. More breath for your buck. Ooh, all oh. All right. All right. Oh. Okay. Breathe more, save more. No. No, that's like No, it. that cheapens it. That totally cheapens it. Okay, yeah. And we just want to say you're getting more. It's like an American-sized bottle of jar or bo- bottle of air. Jar of air. I guess we're using mason jars. Yeah, we have to use mason jars because we're in Portland, and that's that's just what people expect. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. We're back in. We're back in business. Back in business. But we're not going to give anybody any of the bad toxic air. We're going to go to Mount Hood and get the fresh air. Yep. All right. So game on. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. We just need to get some get some jars. Okay. Let's get an order of jars in, and then uh, I'll start printing out some labels. And then go to town. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Breathe Oregon. Back in business. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for today. Oh yeah, we should explain what's going to happen. So um, if you are listening live via the live stream, funemploymentradio.com slash live, and you're a subscriber, it really does uh, greatly help us. It supports us tremendously at $6.99 a month. First week is free. Uh, the podcast all goes out there as well, though. Uh, so we're live at about, it's almost noon o'clock here on March 3rd, 2016. This afternoon, I have to go and I do another show for digitaltrends.com. And so I'm going to be live on that. Dot com. Dot com. <laughs> Digitaltrends.com. Oh, shameless. That, that is where, I, well, hey, it's where I'll be. It's uh-huh. one, of, one of my jobs. I enjoy it. Um, it just so happens, though, that unfortunately the timing worked out to where I can't be here at the studio. Most likely I won't be back here at the studio by 3.30 p.m. this afternoon, which is why Sarah and Kenny B. will be here interviewing Gilbert Gottfried. Gilbert, Gilbert motherfucking Gottfried. The Gilbert Gottfried the is going to be coming here to Gilbert the studio. Gottfried. This afternoon, and I, yeah, I won't be here. Sarah is a little bit, um, well, you're a little nervous, it seems. I am a little nervous, but I'm more excited, I think. The more I was thinking about it, like, yeah. 
I don't know if I've told you this, but I watched Problem Child and Problem Child 2 like hundreds of times when I was a kid. Like, Gil- I, I knew his face and that voice, you know, that was part of my actual experience of growing up because we would watch it all the time. You know, because yeah. when you're younger, especially if you're, you know, in your mid 30s, mid to late 30s, like Greg and I are. And, you know, it was during the time before DVDs where you had VHS tapes. Uh, I don't even think kids know what DVDs are really anymore. Oh. They stream everything or they know what a oh, Blu-ray whatever, is. Oh, whatever, whatever. Um, but when you had a VHS tape, like, you only had a limited amount of them. So whatever tape you had, like, you would watch the shit out of it. Oh, yeah. You'd watch it over and watch over and over. Watch it over and over and over and over. And mm-hmm. uh, Problem Child was one of those ones that I, like, rewatched a billion times. So I'm like, uh, it's kind of trippy to me that, like, Mr. Peabody is going to be here. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like, all right, cool. I never thought in like the hundreds of times I was watching this movie when I was a kid that, that he's going to be coming to our studio in Southeast Portland. Yeah, to come and hang out with uh, me while you know talking on the podcast. Yeah, it's but he's also huh? a fellow podcaster. Is he? Does mm-hmm. he have a show too? He sure does. Okay. Yeah, and it's uh, yeah, it's a pretty successful one. So. I would imagine it is. Yeah, so he's been like a little bit of everything since I've been doing research. Like, you don't realize like how many like things I didn't realize he was a brief member of like Saturday Night Live, uh, Saturday Night Live in like the eighties. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, he has been done a bunch of crap. Yes, yes, he, he was on the Cosby Show too. He was on the Cosby Show. Yeah, I noticed. I, I was looking that up because I was looking up some things of of him earlier. Yeah, he made an appearance on the Cosby Show. It's weird. I mean, it's because he's a tiny guy, but it's just. A young, tiny version of him. It's so it's strange. Well, it's he's strange. very tiny. Yeah, I know. That's what I just. I know, but you're he's, you're going to look like a monster compared to him if you make it in time. Ooh, yeah. Greg, you're going to feel so big. I'll be a giant. You're going to be a giant. Giant. Yeah. So that being said, it's me and Kenny B this afternoon. Uh, I'm going to guess there's some questions in the chat about what you're going to ask him. There's the there's the big thing, but I think that's pretty much been covered everywhere. I mean, I don't know why that was anybody like four would ask years it. ago too. Yeah, it's old kind of old news, and everybody's covered it. I don't think it be even worth it bringing it up the thing what we do is when we interview someone like um like if they've had some sort of past problem and if they've already addressed it like and if we feel like we can't contribute to addressing it any better than it already has been yeah if the like story's of, if, if the story's closed if the story's closed, like it's a waste of your time and it's a waste of you know their time yeah and we don't want you to hear the same thing over and over again so i would much rather like talk about like find out what it was like being on celebrity apprentice right he even did an episode of wife swap he did uh-huh celebrity wife swap Oh, I want to know how that I works. I know. So that's what I want to know. I want to know about, all, like, you know, working with John Ritter behind the scenes, all that stuff. So, um, yeah. So I'm excited. I'm very excited. Okay. And that's my story about that one. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you will you'll do great. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to... I'll probably be here by the end of it, maybe. I, I won't come in the studio. Though. Okay. Studio, yeah. So uh, all of you live listeners, I'm going to be streaming that live at 3.30 p.m. Awesome. Or whenever he gets here. So sometime around 3.30. Or yeah. Yeah. Depending yeah. on when that is. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Oh, boy. This is... Why am I blanking on his name? Paul Reiser. Yeah. This kind of feels like when we were waiting for Paul Reiser. You know, because Paul Reiser was, again, somebody that we watched growing up. Yeah. It's just interesting. That was a good story. I am going to smack you on the face. I'm going to smack you on the face. Big crescendo, and there was a surprise twist to it, and then the ending of it. That was. I'm sorry, who's staying here and interviewing Gilbert Gottfried? What does that have to do with your story that you just told? It was an amazing story. You can be like, "Gee, Sarah, I know you're trying really hard. You're a little flustered. I'm leaving you here by yourself." I told you it was a great story. Hello, my friends. 
My name is Sarah X. Dillon. Hi, how are you? Welcome to my world of crazy. Crazy. All right, it's a brief but substantial world of crazy today, Greg. Mm. Has some real sustenance to it. It's the size of the Has wave. Has some real stick to it, stick to itiveness. That's making it sound really gross. Sticks to the ribs. Real Ew. good. All right, so this is out of all right. So whenever I reference about being from Bremerton, Washington, like that's where I went to high school. That's where I. Um, that's where my family lived for the majority of when I lived with them in Washington. Uh, however, now they live in a little tiny suburb of... The girls of Bremelo. He's referring to me. Um, so now my parents actually live in like a little suburb of Bremerton, which is called Silverdale. And I was reading this terrifying story today, and sure as shit, it's from Silverdale, Washington. Oh! It is the thing of my nightmares. This what happened? This is a nightmare that has actually come true. No, like, everyone's okay, but this is the thing that I fear when I'm driving... All the time. Okay. All the time. A Silverdale, Washington couple has escaped injury after a semi-tire crashed directly through their windshield while they were driving on a highway. It flew off of a semi and into their windshield. Yeah. While they were driving. While the semi was driving. While they were driving. Don't you have a fear of log trucks? I have a fear of log trucks. I do have a fear of semi um, semi trucks losing their tires. Do you see how many like uh, <laughs> weathered tires there are on the sides of the road? Like yeah, semis when they blow their, out, that's what happens. They, they lose them all the time, and they go flying through the air, and sometimes they fly into somebody's windshield. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, Washington State couple said they're lucky to be alive after a semi-truck tire crashed through their windshield only 10 minutes after they had just purchased their car. Ten minutes afterward? Ten minutes after they had purchased their new car. Well, that sucks. Yeah, so these uh, people's names, they're Amy Blanton and Jeremy Dieter, said they were driving Tuesday afternoon, so that was a couple days ago, towards Silverdale on Route 303 when a nearby tractor trailer <coughs> lost one of its tires. Oh, God. All right, so uh, Amy Blanton. <laughs> so just imagine that. You're driving down probably a road very similar it's, because I it's know in where, that, Yeah, I know where 303 is. I've yeah, so on you're it. driving there. Just put yourself in that Those car. Those are such, like, whiny, windy roads, too. And oh. just like you've done many times and you will do soon, you'll be driving on that road next to a semi-truck. <laughs> and then what happened to these people? They're fine. What happened to their mm, car? All right, Amy Blanton said the semi-truck was driving two lanes over. From us, and I saw his tire start to wobble, and it spun. Then it flew through the air and came stra- uh, straight at them. Oh my gosh! Just like it could have come towards you driving in your car, Greg. Sitting at your stop f- it. And if it weren't for the steering wheel, I probably would have lost my life. That's what she said. So the tire yeah. crashed through the windshield. The tire flew through the windshield and went between them. Whoa! But how how fucking final destination is that? That's pretty fucked That's up. That's pretty messed up. The tire crashed through the windshield and landed between them on the seats of the 1999 Honda Civic, which they had just purchased 10 minutes before the accident. What year? Uh, 1999. It's kind of an old car. Okay. Good talk. Uh, all right. So the let's see. The boyfriend, uh, Jeremy Dieter, said, I ducked down to dodge the tire. Otherwise, it would have just ripped my head right off. Ah! The couple said they're lucky to be alive. I don't understand how we made it. It was like God came down and smacked the tire out of the way just in time. Well, the couple said the damage to the car was estimated to exceed $4,000 more than they paid for the vehicle. However, they're working with the truck driver's insurance company now to recoup their losses, and they've set up a GoFundMe page to help replace their vehicle. They both say that their near death, uh, near brush with death has left them with a new appreciation for life. I would think so. Yeah. If a sem- 
Between them, Greg. Yep. Between them. That's pretty terrifying. Between them. All right. Next up, story out of Japan. A Japanese inventor is making headlines after he has created a self-defense wig in the style of Donald Trump's hair. A self-defense wig. A self-defense wig. What does this... In the style of Donald Trump's I'm hair. Well, confused. let me tell you. It's a, it's a self-defense toupee okay. that he is selling. So he's a Japanese inventor. And, uh, uh, it's called a guard wig, which he calls a blonde toupee. That can be used to cover the head for warmth, or also be used as a weapon against assassins or attackers. Assassins? That's because the wig, which of course is made to look like Donald Trump's uh, toupee, do. yeah. contains metal and a coiled strap inside. So also what you can do is grab onto the strap, hold, hold it at one end, and fling it at somebody if they're attacking you, therefore hitting them with the hair-covered plate that you're wearing on your head. Wow. So it's a weapon. Okay. So the guard wig is the brainchild of an 87-year-old, I'm sure, and totally not crazy man. No. Yoshiro Nakamatsu. He's uh, worried about assassins coming yes. after him? Nakamatsu. Okay. Now he claims he invented a... He also... I'm sorry, I, uh, I spoke too soon. He's totally not crazy because he also claims that he invented the floppy disk. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. A claim that is very much disputed by IBM as well as he says he uh, interviewed... <laughs> or, excuse me, interviewed. He um, invented the CD, the DVD. Oh, the karaoke machine. Wow. The world's tiniest air conditioner and a special pillow that prevents drivers from falling asleep behind the wheel. He invented all of these things. Mm-hmm. He invented all of them. Okay. But he said that his greatest invention that he has made is the Donald Trump guard wig. All right. Now, he unveiled the guard wig at a press conference uh, in Tokyo over the weekend. So during the conference, Nakamatsu showed two diagrams from his patent to show how the guard wig works. Now, the guard wig might seem practical. Uh, let's see. Let's uh, Yeah. So he said that um, Donald Trump hasn't re- reached out to him with any comments on his Trump-styled guard wig. But he's hoping. I'm sure it'll he's happen. He's holding his breath. I'm sure it'll happen. Mm-hmm. Just watch out for those assassins. Wouldn't an assassin be pretty terrible if he couldn't assassinate an 87-year-old man? Wouldn't you be pretty bad at your job? Yeah. I mean, if that's your job, you're an assassin. Like, you take people out, and an 87-year-old man beats, you know, takes care of you with his wig. Mm-hmm. You're doing something wrong. Yeah, and yeah. you need a new line of work. Well, there's something that's not going right with you. No. Well, speaking of the things that the kids I'd be embarrassed. Know, you said kids don't know what a DVD is. I bet nobody knows what a floppy disk is. No. Hmm. Floppy disk. There is a company that just designed one to work with a with an SD card for no reason other than nostalgia purposes. Really? Yeah. Oh, the floppy disk. The floppy disk. Mm-hmm. And actually, that wasn't even the, the big floppy disk. Actually, the one they made is just the uh, the three inch one. Well, you know what? I bet kids today only know the floppy disk because I'm looking at it right now from the Word document that I put all my stories in, and there's just like the little there's the disk for save. I bet they don't. Like, that doesn't even occur to them that that was actually a real thing at some point. What that means? Yeah. Because that to, that to them is just the sign for save. Yeah. Like, it's not even the sign for, like, they don't that's, even know a, why that's a zip that's... disk or whatever. <sighs> yeah, they don't even, they just know that that's the logo for what it means to save. They don't probably know what it actually is. Wow. That's kind of trippy. Okay. All right. And 
from Donald Trump to Hillary Clinton. I found this story fascinating, and I know that you will too, Greg. So John Podesta, who's the campaign manager for Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton and longtime advocate for government disclosure of their secret UFO files, what? has now said that he has convinced Hillary Clinton, if she wins the presidency, that she will declassify all of the UFO files that the government has. He said, I do believe that the American people can handle the truth about UFOs. I have some thoughts on this. Uh, Clinton and a long time, uh, and her longtime campaign manager and advocate for government disclosure of UFO files. Uh, he says that he is ready. She is ready to look at the issue. He's discussed it with her. He said, I've talked to Hillary about it. There are still classified files that could be declassified. He said, uh, he goes on, I think I've convinced her that we need an effort to kind of go look at that and declassify as much as we can so that people have their legitimate questions answered as to whether or not we are alone. Okay. I'm trying to debate how conspiracy theorist I want to get into with this. Number one, I do not believe the President of the United States actually has access to those files. That goes into a different set of uh, defense organizations that are hidden within other organizations and billing and spending that the President may not even have access to for his or her own protection. Have you not seen Independence Day? I have seen Independence Day, and did you not notice that the President did not know of the secret underground installations? Madam, referring to the movie you just referenced. Well, he did when he was told. Point proven. Oh, my God. Podesta goes on to say it's, uh, he's made it clear that the UFO question has been discussed. Um, there is a network of powerful oh entities God. and organizations and, indeed, people and families that control most of this information throughout the world. They're all interconnected, and they've all been setting this up for some time in an effort to possibly unleash them upon us or use their technology to further advance uh, themselves in a case of some impending doom that should wreck itself uh, upon the Earth. Clinton... Spaceships. They're building spaceships so they can get off the Earth. ...made headlines uh, this past January when she said in New Hampshire that she was going to, quote, swear to get to the bottom of the mystery behind unexplained aerial objects, also known as UFOs. Yep. Now, UFOs have been associated with Hillary Clinton and her husband, former President Bill Clinton, for decades. Bill Clinton, in 2005, told about his efforts to look into the phenomenon because he, too, wanted it declassified. He said, I did attempt to find out if there are any secret government documents that reveal things, and if they were, they were concealed from me, too. Yep. I wouldn't be the first president. The underlings have lied to... Ooh, underlings. Sassapants. That underlings have lied to, or that career bureaucrats have waited out, but there may be some career person sitting around somewhere hiding these secrets, even from elected presidents. Yep. But even so, they, they successfully eluded me, and I'm almost embarrassed to tell you that, yes, I did try to find out. <laughs> I kind of respect that he's just like, yeah, I did try to find out, and goddammit, I still couldn't find anything. That's one of the first things I would do if I were elected president. Be like, show me the secret files. Uh, Podesta, who was also Bill Clinton's White House chief of staff, for years has called on the U.S. government to declassify UFO files. In a 2002 speech, he said, I think it's time to open the books on questions that have remained in the dark on the questions of government investigations of UFOs. It's time to find out if the truth is really out there. Yep, it's being noted the grays. That's the ones you got to worry about. Oh, God. I just saw a movie referencing the Greys yesterday. Yeah, I'm surprised you even know what the Greys are. I only know it because I watched Dark Skies last night. Which is, is a, that a movie about them? It's a movie about, yes, the Greys. The Greys. Which I'd never heard before. You should read the story about Betty and Barney when they were kidnapped by the Greys. Rubble? 
No, they just happen to have the same name. Oh. All right, but Podesta uh, says that some people think that his antics about UFOs might be a little crazy, but he still believes that the truth is out there and the American public deserves to know. <sighs> so there you have it. Will they or will they not be revealed? Barney and Betty Hill, actually, they were the ones that were supposedly kidnapped by the Greys. Okay. There you go, my friends. That is your world of crazy. Possibly from the state of Reticuli. I, I can't even, like, you're doing that or they could be slobbery accent so well that I don't even, like, know Or what they could saying. actually be humans from a, for their uh, time travelers who are traveling back in are time. Are they meddling time travelers? Well, they are meddling because they have grown their humans in a more advanced form um, many millennium from now, in which they have... Uh, Millennia. In which they have not been able to uh, breed with themselves until they're coming back here to interbreed with current humans in order to uh, spice up their population. They can't make babies anymore, so they came back to get modern human. To get human babies? Yeah, to get modern human okay. babies and then, and then mix them with them. And yes, they are meddling time travelers. Okay. It's kind of the definition of meddling time travelers. Aliens? You, well, if that's the case, yes. Anyway, uh, should we do some vault? Yes. Jada Reticuli. What the hell is that? That's where they're from. (laughs) Is that a a planet? Or is it a time travel? I've shed too much. I'm Greg Nibbler. (laughs) Let's talk balls. Balls. Let's talk about sports now. Yeah. My man pants. All right. First up in ball talk. It's a potpourri of balls. A little smattering, a little of this, a little of that. I do have some ways you might be able to also get rich, though. All right, so uh, I thought about telling this Cam Chancellor. You know what? I will tell this story really quick, just just so people are aware. So Cam Chancellor, do you know who he is? No. Uh, he plays for the Seahawks. A very uh, probably the second most important defensive player after Richard Sherman. A very very good player for the Seahawks. Very famous in the Seattle area, at least. Okay. Uh, and in the football world. Well, he posted this on Twitter yesterday. I guess he was going to... He's looking into buying a gym. Just because, you know, they have money and... Might as well. Like to work out. Might income. as well, yeah. Right. Might as well. Investment property, I'm sure. And he went to look in Redmond, Washington. And there was a gym that has just, I guess, recently gone out of business or was going out of business. So he thought that was a good one to go look at. Mm. So he showed up at this place and was looking in the window. The door was locked and he was, uh, there were a couple of employees in there. And uh, according to him, he was, you know, was trying to ask for some help because he wanted to talk to them about the property. Well, these two women, instead of talking to him, called the police on him. What? Called why? the police on Cam Chancellor. Guess why? Oh, God. Really? Guess why? Is, yeah. Oh, my. Is he black? Yes. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. Yeah, so they called the Are police. Are you fucking kidding yeah, me? On Cam oh Chancellor. My God. I mean, one of the most famous athletes. I mean, especially in Seattle. Especially in Seattle. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. like here, that would have been like last year. I mean, the Blazer team now, nobody really knows who they are except for Damien and CJ, but that would have been, well, yeah, that'd be like CJ McCollum. Oh, yeah. You would know now would, who C.J. McCollum yes, is. Yes, I would, yes. Yeah. Not that you didn't before, but you know. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, they, they called the police on him. Uh, he, he posted this on Twitter. He said he has a picture of the woman, and he really wants to post it. But he so far, he has not. 
He did say the police were fine. They, they apparently they showed up. They probably just asked for his autograph. Um, he had he had no problem there with the police when they showed up. But these two women, yeah, called the cops on him for standing out there looking to buy the gym. Wow. Yeah. So there we go. I just want to get that straight. All right, moving on to ball talk. Let's move on to some other things here. We've got some stories for you. Some <laughs> real, some real hot tickets. Hot ticket stories. If I can pull this <clears throat> up there, up oh, there we go. Okay. So, have you ever watched Hard Knocks? Is that the sports show? It is. I think I've I don't know if I've heard if I've watched it. I know I've heard of it. It's the story where they follow an NFL team behind the scenes for the preseason. Yep, you've talked about it. That's where I know it from. So the NFL has a deal with HBO where NFL teams there there's a series of ways they can refuse to do it, but once you reach a certain point, they can't not refuse to let HBO into the every facet of their lives. Really? Yeah, it's part of the NFL's deal. So they they can refuse if they had been in the postseason either of the last two seasons, if they've been on hard knocks in the last 10 years, uh, or if they have a new coach. If they don't f- fall into one of those categories, they cannot refuse. Mm-hmm. They can say, no, we don't want it. But if HBO says, too bad, then they're going to, they, they have to do it. And that's what's happening with the New Orleans Saints right now because they haven't been in the playoffs in two years. They don't have a new coach. And they haven't been on Hard Knocks in the last 10 years. And so HBO is saying, yep, we're filming you. And so that's what's going to happen. Oh, wow. So I'm going to watch it because now it makes it even more fascinating, the fact that you know they don't want them there. I find that interesting. I, I mean, would watch that. I'll say this. like, Regardless, there's not a whole lot of... I mean, there is there is football stuff that happens in it. It's more behind the scenes. And then they show you know guys getting cut and all these people trying to make it their livelihood. And what happens with that? It's... It is pretty interesting. Mm. I'll say this. For reality television, it's pretty fascinating. An inside look into that world. But I'll leave it to that. Uh, moving on to Ball Talk. This is one of those stories where you just wish it would happen to you. So a Southern California baseball card expert has confirmed the legitimacy of a of some original Ty Cobb baseball cards that were printed between 1909 and 1911. So here's what happened. This family was cleaning out an old house that their great-grandfather owned. And I guess it was kind of in in disrepair, and so they were going through a bunch of it and like cleaning it out. And they found a crumpled paper bag in this dilapidated house. Okay. They opened up the bag, and they found seven identical Ty Cobb cards. Now, previous to this find, there were only 15 known to exist in the world. 15 of these cards. Wow. And they found seven. They found seven. Jesus. They're each worth about a million dollars. They're in pretty much mint condition. And this guy verified. He's like, yeah, this this is it. And uh, he said it's the most important historical find ever for our baseball card collecting hobby. Like, there's, there's never been anything like this. So the family has, um, well, the family has not put out their name. Like, they, they don't want their name to be out in the public. Well, yeah, I bet not. Yeah. Still, can you imagine finding something like that? Now I want to look under my house. Should be a dumpster diver. I'm not a dumpster diver. You're a dumpster diver. Well, I mean, I have. There's no shame in that. Yeah. 
Oh, okay, I guess they're not mint condition, but either way, yeah, they're worth about a million dollars each. On the back, they say, Ty Cobb, king of the smoking tobacco world. Back when tobacco companies used to... Uh... When it used to be healthy for you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When even doctors smoked. Yep. Moving on to ball talk. Um, Warren Buffett is... Well, no, that's not a public one. Oh. What? You know, he he offered up a billion dollars for your insanity of the month before April bracket thing a couple of years ago. This is just for his own employees. Never mind. Oh. Maybe we need to have a... Tournament of Champions! That wasn't the right knob. Yeah, because it doesn't where I didn't have the FX set up on there. So no. I keep forgetting to do that. Yeah. I think we may need to have a Tournament of Champions, though. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, I think it's been a while. Yes. Let's not try and figure out the buttons in real time. I was trying to give myself some cool reverb. Mm-hmm. We might have to set that up. We'll, we'll, we'll work on that. Okay. Uh, moving on to ball talk. Peyton Manning, probably going to retire. Yep, figured that one. Uh, Russell Wilson. Has started up his own line of clothing called the Goodman Brand. The Goodman Brand? It's called the Goodman Brand. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's just kind of sad. Uh, the line includes everything from blazers to sneakers. For the Goodman Brand. There we go. There's that story. Um, finally in ball talk, did you know that tiny hands can be a detriment to playing in the NFL? I would imagine so. You probably couldn't grip the ball very well. That's Well, that's the case. And right now, there's a lot of concern. So they have this thing called the NFL Combine, which is happening or, or did happen last week, where it's basically they, they bring all these college athletes, like a couple hundred of them, into the same area and then they have them do sprints and they measure their height and their weight and their jumping distance and how they can catch and all that stuff and it's a lot of analytical measurements but one of them that they're they're really focusing on this year is hand size for especially quarterbacks with the assumption being if you have a small hand you're not going to be a good quarterback so i guess if you um the, if your hand measures less than 9 inches the NFL is going to have concerns about you being a quarterback. And it's measuring from your thumb to your pinky. Like your end of your thumb to the end of your pinky? Yeah, end of the thumb to end of the pinky is my understanding of how they measure this. And that's how they take this in to determine how whether long or not is your, your NFL. What? Yours isn't long enough, is it? Well, I actually, since I knew I was going to be bringing up this story, I did bring out a tape measure. Oh, my God. Of we could see which one of us would be a better quarterback. Uh, so right now, I'm going to say it's probably me. I don't know. I have a pretty long wingspan on my fingers from playing piano for all those years. You have a long wingspan from playing piano. Yeah, because you have to. You learn think how to piano stand up. gave you long fingers? Seriously, that's no, what you're I going think it to gave say. Gave me a longer finger wingspan. That's not how that works. Yes, it does. Because look, like that is well, smaller than that. Okay, one of the things they are saying that they've brought in ex- some hand experts to help them stretch their hands to get another inch or a quarter. I inch. told you. But I do not think that you have... Stru- you, when's the last time you played piano to- regularly? Well, regularly, maybe a, a little while. But, I mean, I can still reach the same keys. All right, I'm going to measure mine. From thumb to pinky, as far as I can stretch it. Oh, damn. I'm almost a quarterback. Let me see. Yeah, almost, but not quite. That's about... 
Let's see here. I know this is thrilling live. Let's listen to Greg measure his hands in real time. Eight and three quarters. Eight and three quarter inches. I'm almost a quarterback. I am almost a quarterback in the NFL. All right. How do I do it? Put it on the end of your thumb. Pull it over to your pinky. What are you? What are you? I'm eight and one eighth. Oh. I'm almost a quarterback, too. No, you're not. That's not even close compared to where I am. What were you? I was eight and three quarters inches. No, that's not. That's right, ladies. So, yeah. No. No. (laughs) All right. Well, guess we know who the quarterback in this room is. So there we go. Wow. That's real good. That is a concern. I have bigger hands than the... uh, then one of the top possible draft picks who only has eight and a half inches. Wow, he's got tiny hands. That guy's like 6'2", also. I mean, I have weird, like, mountain hands. But imagine my hands on you a... Do all your appendages imagine like my hands shaping. on, like, somebody Scott Daly's size. It would look weird. It'd be tiny hands on a big person like that. That would be weird. Tiny hands are kind of unnerving. Yeah. T-Rex claws. Well, you have, like, short T-Rex arms, but not tiny hands. I don't have... Yes, but they're proportionate to my body. I know people post stuff on my Facebook page sometimes where they talk about T-Rex and having short arms. But my arms are proportionate to my body, so it really doesn't work that way. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. It just looks off. My arms are not off. They're perfectly proportionate to my body. That concludes this edition of Ball Talk. That was glorious, Greg. Yep. Mm-hmm. Eight and three quarters inches. Wow, wow. All right, that's not necessary. What noise was that even? I don't know. Um, can I talk about a lesson I learned yesterday? Yes. I learned a very valuable lesson. It has to do with taxes. Okay. And it has to do with um, some tax things we instituted here for our business last year. Mm-hmm. And a lesson I learned that I don't know what I'm doing. So we had our meeting with uh, with H and R Block yesterday with Gilbert, who we've had do our regular taxes, uh, you know, our, our normal our business taxes every year. He's fantastic. We've got his phone number. Um, you can you can give him a call anytime. I'll give you the phone number here in just a second, and he's great. Uh, I took it upon myself this year. We started doing payroll taxes. It's better. It's better for how our business is organized. You pay some of your taxes ahead of time. In theory, it's it's actually a good thing. Decided not to hire somebody to do them. Decided to do them ourselves. Yeah, it was. Uh, we and, might not be that amazing at that. And um, I've I've found where I have uh, I have my faults. I cannot do everything that I intend to do to save some money, and mm. I messed them up. So it's not the end of the world, but it means I've got to go back and redo them. What I should have done in the beginning, which I think we're going to do, is hire somebody to take care of that. Yeah, and so that's why we're talking to H and R Block about that, and because it's it's honestly nothing they can they can even fix because it's it's already happened it's already happened the <laughs> mistakes are there it's it's really only i can uh, fix the problem now whereas if we had just gone to them for that section of the business in the beginning it would have saved us time and a tremendous well a tremendous amount of time and money so that's just my little thing there i just want to tell everybody if you do have any kind of a business this is a business side but if you do have any kind of thing like that where uh, you do need um uh, some some taxes done for your business. Mm-hmm. Give H and R Block a call. Give Gilbert a call at. 
Oh, at 503-233-0447. Give Gilbert a call. Oh, my weekend is going to be all that. I got to refile for All right, well, quarters. let's end on a happy note. Mm-hmm. Gilbert Godfrey's coming, coming in a little bit. Oh, speaking of Gilbert's, ah. Start saving up your bucks for that fresh Breathe Oregon air. New business coming to town soon. Are we putting Gilbert on at the end? Of this show? Yeah. Probably not. Okay. We'll probably air it tomorrow. Okay, awesome. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, because I, I, we don't know what the interview is going to be like yet. Yeah. You know, I know. What if you're in here for like an hour and a half chatting it up with Gilbert Goffrey? Not going to be an hour. Or what if you're here for five minutes? It could be either of those things. Could be either one. Mm-hmm. Either way, if you're a live listener, tune in at about 3.30 p.m. It'll be Sarah and Kenny B in here. Uh, if you're a podcast listener, you will get to hear it eventually. I'd probably be tomorrow. Or maybe tonight. We'll yeah, see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll leave it up. It's a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> it's it a, mystery. a mystery. Oh, yes. Uh, tomorrow on the show, on uh, the regular Front Employment Radio episode, we will be joined by Tristan and Keelan. Oh, awesome. From the Rip City Bad Boys to talk about their event that's coming up this Sunday. So that'll be on tomorrow's show uh, where they're going to be hopping in. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. You're all amazing. Wonderful, wonderful people. Breathe Oregon. Got to come up with a good tagline. I don't. Okay. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll work on it. Yeah, we'll, we'll work on a little bit of that. Thanks, everyone. We'll be back tomorrow with more Fun Employment Radio. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network.